Well, if you open your scriptures to Luke chapter 17, Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, which will be found on page 876, 876 in your pew Bible. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the Samaritan, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. The grass withers, the flowers fail, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. O oh Lord, we thank You for Your Word. It is a lamp unto our feet, a light for our path, an errant, infallible, authoritative, and true. O oh Father, speak now through Your servant unto Your servants that You would be the preacher and teacher opening our eyes, our hearts, our minds, our entire persons under the message You would have us to hear, understand, and apply. Father, we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. They set sail in September 1620. Puritans, pilgrims, about 40, 42 of them, come over from Holland to Plymouth, England, located on the southern coast of England, similar to Biloxi, Mississippi, for one purpose, to find a new land where they might be able to worship God freely according to the dictates of their consciences and their minds. On the 180-ton Mayflower, it took them 65 days to cross the Atlantic. About 40 to 42 pilgrims, the others were known as adventurers or explorers, and then there was the crew, 102 left England, two died on the journey over, two were born, leaving the numbers at 102. Headed towards Virginia, but a storm knocked the Mayflower off course, sending it up towards modern-day northeast United States, first landing at Newfoundland, and then at Cape Cod, unable to contract the land near Cape Cod. They 
headed further south, about 34 miles southeast of modern-day Boston towards Provincetown in December of 1620, made the famous Plymouth Rock Landing and formed the Plymouth Colony. That first winter of 1620 would be harsh. Of the 102 passengers on the Mayflower, only 52 would survive, including the Puritans leader, John Carver, himself succumbed to death. The attitude of gratitude perhaps was waning fast. The optimism, the hope, the dreams, what's happening. Our leader is gone. Our numbers are declining. Perhaps in some sense you might feel a little like those early Puritans. What's going to happen now to us, to our church? The Puritans selected William Bradford to be the governor and that summer the harvest would be plentiful. And to celebrate the Lord's provision and preservation, Governor Bradford ordered that a Thanksgiving meal be celebrated for three full days. Native Americans joined those Puritans and the first Thanksgiving meal occurred probably in the fall of 1621. The following year, the summer harvest of 1622 would be a dismal failure. The colonists almost faced extinction. And then the following year, the drought of 1623. The crops had started to turn brown in June. Governor Bradford and the people turned to their only hope They had God's intervention. Governor Bradford appointed a day of solemn prayer, fasting, and humiliation. They assembled one hot July morning and prayed for nine straight hours. The very next day, it rained for two consecutive weeks. The harvest that summer would prove to be the best yet in 1623. And Governor Bradford issues this proclamation. Inasmuch as the Great Father has given us an abundance of harvest and has spared us from pestilence and disease and has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience, I, your governor, do proclaim that you gather your families between the hours of 9 and 12 on Thursday, November 29, 1623, the third year since landing on Pilgrim Rock, to listen to the pastor and to render thanksgiving to Almighty God for His many blessings. Various days of thanksgiving have occurred throughout our history. In 1789, President George Washington issues this proclamation. It is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, and to be grateful for His benefits, to humbly implore His protection and favor. And I do recommend that we may all unite in rendering unto God our sincere and humble thanks for His kind care 
and protection of the people of this country, President George Washington. It's in 1863 that Mrs. Sarah Hale, who wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb, petitioned President Abraham Lincoln for a national day of thanksgiving. President Lincoln writes, I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. President Lincoln had hoped that such a day would heal the divided Civil War-torn land. And I suppose in some sense Thanksgiving does bring about healing when we focus on our blessings. And those uh, things that we can give thanks rather on our fears or our foes, our failures, our frustrations, that we can find healing. When we focus on uh, those ways in which our cups do runneth over, by the hand of God, we find healing emotionally, psychologically, socially, relationally, occupationally, financially, academically, and even spiritually. Healing does come in the midst of thanksgiving. It was in 1942 that President Franklin Roosevelt and Congress finally established Thanksgiving as the fourth Thursday in November. And so we celebrate it even to this day. Thanksgiving is an important holiday in the United States to remind us to be a thankful people that God has blessed us from sea to shining sea. To show the attitude of gratitude, thanksgiving. Some of you are in high school. I took geometry and trigonometry and calculus. The hardest arithmetic to master is that which enables us to count our blessings. Don't you find that to be the case sometimes in your own life? The hardest arithmetic to master is that which enables us to count our blessings, the worries of this life, the frustrations, the unmet expectations and demands, the busyness, the disappointments, the hurts, the pains. Grow up like vines and choke that attitude of gratitude from within us. A Chinese proverb that I've mentioned here before states, when you drink from the stream, remember the spring. When you drink from the stream, remember the spring. First century statesman and philosopher Seneca wrote, Nothing is more honorable than a grateful heart. Nothing is more honorable than a grateful heart. And I know we grow up, grown up, here in the South, we're the hospitality state. Nobody needs to uh, teach me uh, how to offer thanks. We were saying thank you when we were two years old. It's just the Southern way of doing things. Psalm 100, which we read at the beginning of the worship service, says, Enter God's gates, 
enter God's house with thanksgiving. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 If I asked you, what is God's will for you in your life? Some of us might answer, being good Presbyterians, the, the answer to the first catechism, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. But part of answering this question, what is God's will for you, is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. What is God's will for you? I know, to give thanks. In all circumstances, not because of all circumstances. It's not, I thank you God because my best hunting dog got hit by a truck. I thank you, God, because I was able to go out into the uh, field for two weeks without any food or to go into that gas chamber. <laughs> I thank you, God, because my, my car just got a flat tire and I missed that, that job interview. It's not because of all circumstances, but it's in all circumstances I give thanks because I have a God who in Psalm 23 says, Yea, I am with you even when you walk through the valleys of this life. I have a God in Isaiah 40 says, I will give strength to the weary. I have a God in Matthew 28 who says, I am with you always unto the ends of this earth. I have a God who in Philippians 4.13 says, I will give you strength. To do all things. I have a God who in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. When you're going through the fears and the foes and the failures and the frustrations and the hurts and the pains and the unmet expectations and demands of this life, I promise to be with you. Give thanks in all circumstances. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything. Ephesians 5.20 Always give thanks. I don't wait for a mood. I don't wait for a feeling. I don't wait until something good happens. I give thanks to God always. We have sorrows. We have, we have hurts. We have those things which just threaten to undo us emotionally and psychologically, relationally, financially, occupationally, physically, spiritually. But we have hope. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. I thank You, God, for food on my plate and drink in my cup and clothing on my back. I thank You that, I am a, 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 that we are a free people. 
We give thanks because we have hope in God. November is a month in which we really put forth the effort to count our blessings as we sing. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Take time each day to tell someone in your life, thank you. Thank you for being my mom. Thank you for being my dad. Thank you for being my child. Thank you for being my teacher. Thank you for being my choir. Thank you for being parishioners, faithful parishioners here at God's house in Biloxi, Mississippi. There's a saying that says, if men do not give thanks quickly, they rarely will do so at all. If men do not give thanks quickly, they rarely will do so at all. I want to encourage you to keep a journal of thanks. Get a, get a notebook. Get a diary. And just write the date. November 28th, whatever the date is today. And begin. It could be sentences. It could be just words. Things that happened to you that day that you want to give thanks to God. And then at the end of the year, you can go back and you can look at them and remember how God has provided, how God has preserved you, even when you were walking through the valleys of this life. Exercise those spiritual muscles of thankfulness within you. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus heals ten lepers. Leprosy was a variety of skin diseases that at its worst form, would leave stumps for arms and stumps for legs. It covered a variety of skin diseases. The people would be uh, segregated from the community. They weren't allowed to live with others for fear of, of being contagious. Medical technology wasn't what it is today, so they had to stay excluded from the community. The effects were not only physical, but psychological, social, so many ways. They would have to yell out, unclean, unclean, when anybody passed their way. And Jesus told them, go show yourselves to the priest. And along the way, they were healed. All ten of them. One was a Samaritan. We know that Samaritans and Jews didn't get along with each other, similar to us Confederates and some Yankees many years ago. The other nine were Jews. And in Luke 17:15, we read, one of the lepers, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. Now let's look at this verse. One of the lepers, when he saw he was healed, went back. When did the leper go back? A week later? No. When he saw that he was healed. If men don't give thanks quickly, they rarely will do so at all. He went back immediately, praising God in a loud voice. Not a quiet one. He wanted everyone to hear that God had healed him. Don't let the world or your flesh 
or Satan quench or silence the attitude of gratitude within you. When you receive the valedictorian award at Biloxi High, you stand up and give thanks to God. When you receive that MVP award on your soccer team, you stand up and you give thanks to God. When you get that promotion in the workplace, you stand up and you give thanks to God. Don't allow this world to silence your thanksgiving to God when we're taking God out of everything. Praising God in a loud voice. This Greek word for praise is doxa, D-O-X-A, from which we derive the English word doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. You weren't the first ones to have seen the doxology. The Samaritan leper came around the corner seeing the doxology. Praising God. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. His thanks was sincere. It wasn't like someone gave you a cup of coffee and you don't even look up and you just kind of say thanks. It wasn't a sarcastic or insincere and genuine thanks. This Samaritan leper genuinely felt filled with gratitude because he threw himself at Jesus' feet. It wasn't just a quick handshake to the side. Hey, thanks for healing me, but i got to go. I don't want any other of my Samaritan friends to see that I'm talking with you. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. He truly was thankful. How about you? And he thanked him. The word here for thanked in Luke 17.15 is Eucharistia. It means to give abundant praise and abundant joy for grace and favor undeserved. You know what English word we get from Eucharistia, which means thank in Greek? Eucharist. The elements of the Lord's table. The bread. and The wine. This is my body. Thank you. This is my blood. Thank you. The Lord's table is the consummate Thanksgiving table. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. We are all lepers. We are all lepers in God's eyes at one time. Sin. It so affected us from the tops of our heads to the bottom of our feet. Every thought, every word, every action had been stained by sin. Our sin keeps us separated from God. God the Father sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to be born on this earth. He lived a sinless life and He went to the cross. And on that cross, He received our pain, our penalty, our punishment do our sin upon Himself. And when I, with eyes of faith, look up on that cross, Christ gives me the gift of eternal life. When I confess my sin, when I believe in my heart that He received the punishment due my sin on the cross, Christ gives me eternal life and salvation. 
Are you a person of thanks? Or are you like those Jewish lepers, those other nine? Only thinking of what you've received, what you were due. God owes me this. I'm a Christian. Are you quick to turn back to God with praises, doxa, and thanksgiving, Eucharistia? Are you quick to clutch your blessings and run, never casting a second glance back at the giver? I don't know how you're doing today, people of God. As I mentioned, the the vines of worries and pains and hurts and unmet expectations and demands of this life can sometimes choke the plant of gratitude within each of us. Robert Louis Stevenson, who wrote Treasure Island, wrote, the man who has forgotten to be thankful has fallen asleep in this life. The man who has forgotten to be thankful has fallen asleep in this life. Have we fallen asleep as a people of God, as a community? Are we allowing Satan, the world, and the flesh to silence our hearts of thanksgiving and gratitude? We're drinking from the stream, but are we remembering the spring? We begin Advent. Today is the first day of Advent. Sometimes you'll see Advent candles. You light one candle, then the next week, then another candle, and you go through all four candles, and you light the Christmas candle. The, the, the word Advent comes from the Latin Adventus, which means coming. We're celebrating the coming birthday of Jesus Christ on Christmas Day, the day that we celebrate. And so today is the first day of Advent. We springboard from Thanksgiving into Advent. As I I said at the offering, one person has said thanksgiving, to be truly thanksgiving, is first thanks and then giving. As we enter into Advent, may I ask you to express your thanksgiving for God saving you and granting you salvation by giving to another. Thanksgiving is a time when we can give to those in times of need, like the angel tree ministry, which you can pick up the name in the fellowship hall. Thanksgiving is a time of love and warmth with family and friends and our common man. How do you truly thank God? I think Jesus answers when He says, when you've done it unto the least of these, you've truly done it unto Me. Give thanks. Psalm 100. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 5.20 Always give thanks to God the Father for everything. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we are thankful. Sometimes we forget Sometimes we let Satan or the world or the flesh snuff out that candlelight of thanksgiving. But, O Lord, would You relight it by the power and the working of Your Holy Spirit and help us through this season of Advent to be a thankful people for causing our cups to overflow. We thank You, Father. We thank You, Son. We thank You, Holy Spirit. Three in one. Amen.